0: Brandon Steiner. And this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Hello, um, this is Brandon Steiner, and you're not gonna see this guest coming. I mean, I've been following her for the last two years. Quarter on Oprah. I'm not gonna lie, you know I'm a big Oprah fan. There's something special about this woman. Not only the inspiration and motivation, but she's got a lot of good insight, and it's simple in, in a lot of ways. When I when I watch I feel like it's just really easy to digest some of the content that she's able to put out. So we have as our guest today, uh, Marie Folio, who has her own, cha- her own website, her own YouTube channel, and uh, you'll catch her a lot of it online. Welcome to the program. How are you? How are you doing?
1: I'm so good. I'm so honored and excited to be here. And thank you for those uh, kind words about our show and about our content. Really love to know that you're fan.
0: I mean, you know, I, I've been following you now for the last couple of years, and you really are amazing. I mean, some of the content, and it's, it's, I mean, time management or, you know, do a little bit more, gratefulness. But you always seem to have a different way of spinning things and a different way of looking at things. Where does that come from, and, and what made you decide to get into this? I mean, what what what's really your inspiration even getting in this particular business of helping people? Yeah,
1: you know, I take it all the way back. I was a young kid, I, when people would ask me, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, I always had about seven different answers. You know, it was dancer, it was artist, it was teacher, you know, there were a million different things I wanted to do. And by the time I got to college, I started out studying, studying psychology because I was always interested in what makes people tick, and particularly, how can we as humans just have an amazing life? I'm kind of wired in a positive sense, I'm curious. And I'm always looking to improve things. But there was something that happened in a college class. You know, that first psych room I sat in, I didn't really resonate with what the teacher was saying, which that perspective was like, hey, if you're struggling in life or if things are difficult, your parents probably screwed you up. And I'm <laughs> paraphrasing, but yep. that was the message that I got. And I was like, oh, hell no, this is not the major that I want to talk about for the next four years. The other thing I was passionate about was business. My dad was a small business owner, um, and I remember all growing up, like, going into the shop with him on the weekends and helping him get a big job done. You know, he was in the printing industry and, you know, making sure we took care of the clients, making sure that we meet those deadlines. Those were very sacred memories to me, and so I thought, well, you know what? I'm not going to be a psych major. Let me go into business finance because I always had this passion for business, so I graduated top of my class. And I'm a person who has a ton of energy. So the thought of corporate finance as like sitting behind a desk and pushing papers and, you know, adding all the numbers up, that just didn't sound like a good fit. But Wall Street and the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, now that sounded exciting to me. So I finagled getting a job on Wall Street, and I was so excited I felt so honored I'm like goodness I'm in the middle of the financial world and there's no seats and you run around all day and there's so much energy and so much happening and I was there for about six months but I have to tell you Brandon as I was there I was grateful to have a steady paycheck and I was like 21 years old but I couldn't deny that there was this little voice inside of me that kept saying this is not what you're supposed to do This is not where you're supposed to be. And from an external perspective, I would look at my bosses, which were, you know, I mean, everyone was a man, and I was a very young woman. And as I would listen to their conversations, even though they made a tremendous amount of money, I made more money than I'd ever been exposed to in my life. I grew up very middle class. My mom grew up in poverty, so I was never exposed to those kind of numbers. But one thing I realized was most of the people that were my bosses All they would talk about was their two-week vacation every year. And honestly, you know, when the clock struck four, all we did was go out and go to strip clubs. And it was all about doing shots and drugs. And that was just the lifestyle. And I didn't want that lifestyle. I couldn't see myself thriving there. And the only clue I had was that I wanted – to use whatever gifts were inside of me to somehow help make the world a better place. I didn't have any clue really what that meant. I didn't know how that would manifest in a concrete way. I didn't know what job that was. I just had this intuitive feeling that I needed to leave Wall Street. The challenge was, I didn't know what else I was supposed to do. And you, I felt- you nervous?
0: That, I mean, was that a nerve wracking?
1: Oh God, it was terrifying one day. I actually, you know, so you're walking around the floor, and everyone's usually allowed to take like a 15-minute coffee break or something. So I left the floor, and all around Wall Street there are churches. And I'm Catholic. I'm not necessarily a practicing Catholic, but I went to a Catholic university, and I used to work for the church there. So I was very accustomed to being able to go and sit in a chapel and just Mm -hmm. pray a little bit and be silent and just try and get in touch with what was real. So I remember leaving the floor one day and going to sit on the church steps, and I just started crying because I felt just panicking, this is the reason why. Now you're in New York because City at
0: this point, right?
1: In New York City. Yep. You know, my parents had worked extremely hard. I'm the first person in my family to ever go to college, and oh. I knew how much they busted their humps to put me through college and how much I worked as well to help pay for my tuition. And here I was wanting to quit, having no other job prospects, <laughs> not knowing what the hell I was gonna do, thinking that I was gonna be the biggest disappointment and failure to my parents, and I called them up on my cell phone. And I said, hey, guys, I love you all. I don't want to be a disappointment. I don't want you to feel like I'm disrespecting the education that you just worked so hard to help me finish, but I can't do this. I can't work here. I don't know what else I'm going to do, but I can't do this anymore. And My dad gave me one of the best pieces of advice ever. He was so kind, and he said, look, Ray, my parents call me Ray. He said, you must find something you love. If this isn't it, go ahead and quit. You know, I've seen you work since you were nine years old. You're going to be fine. You know, you'll do what you need to do to make money until you find the thing that you're really meant to do. And in that moment, he really gave me permission because I felt like I wouldn't have judgment over me from them, and I could release that guilt of feeling like I was not being honorable to my parents. And I went on a bit of an odyssey just using the two clues that I had. One was that I was passionate about business. I loved entrepreneurship, but I was also very creative. And I loved that artistic side of myself. So I said, okay, what business out there combines creativity and kind of, you know, marketing and and, all that entrepreneurial edge? The thing that came to my mind was magazine publishing. I thought, oh, well, I'm a woman. I love magazines. There's the business side. There's the creative side. Let me go try and work in that industry. And so that's what I did. I got a job in Cognitive Mass Publications. I was actually in the ad sales department for a now defunct magazine called Gourmet Magazine. Which is perfect for me. I'm Italian. I love to eat. My desk was right near the test kitchen, so they would often bring up snacks, and I could get to.
0: I know, love that things. magazine, oh, by I the love. way. Being a former chef and cook myself, by the way.
1: Yes, it, it was great, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, it was beautiful. So I got exposed to the ad exec side of publishing, but then about six months into the job, I started having that funny feeling again. I was like, "Oh goodness, what's happening?" I look ahead and I look at the boss who was a woman. She was the publisher. And I have to tell you, Brandon, I could not imagine myself wanting her job. I didn't want my my direct boss's job, who was an ad exec. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm still too far on the business side. Maybe I need something a lot more creative using the other side of my brain. So I went to HR and I got a position in mademoiselle magazine which was a woman's fashion magazine but this time i was on the editorial side better So I'm better talking to designers going to fashion shows hearing pitches from people that had businesses helping to create layouts the kind of things that were accessing a completely different part of my brain but here's the thing Brenda. i think you can appreciate this i started having that funny feeling again because i looked ahead and the boss, which was the editor-in-chief, first of all, I knew what they earned for a living, and it wasn't exciting to me. <laughs> and part okay. of what my goal was in life was to be able to earn as much money as I wanted, not to just buy shoes or to buy materialistic things, but I always had the feeling that I wanted to earn enough so I could take care of the people that I loved, but also take care of my community and others who didn't have as much. So I was on the Internet one day when I probably shouldn't have been, I was about 22 years old at this point, and I stumbled upon this article about a new profession at the time, which was called life coaching, and again, I know when we're recording this right now, that seems like, what? But this is back in, like, 1999 in that zone, and something in me lit up like never before. There's still life coaching
0: going on. There's still life coaching. I mean, it's still... Oh, yeah. But, so, but that I mean, that's an odd, where'd that come from? Out of nowhere, life coaching?
1: Yeah, well, again, I stumbled upon this article about oh. this new profession called life coaching, and as I was reading it, something in me lit up, like nothing had ever lit wow. up before. And the rational part of my mind was like, who the hell is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach, 22-year-old life coach? Like, this is friggin' nuts. But I couldn't deny that intuitively and on a soul level, something in me was saying, you got to go for this. So what I did is on the spot, I signed up for a three-year coach training program, and I started doing my studies at night while I worked at Mademoiselle during the day. Fast forward a few months, I got a call from the HR department at Conde Nast Publications. They had a promotion for me. They were going to send me off to Vogue, which, as most people know, one of the top fashion magazines in the world, very prestigious. It was an increase in pay, an increase in status, and that was my fork in the road. I was either going to stay on the safe corporate path and go to Vogue and, you know, do this kind of weird life coaching thing on the side or just keep studying. Or I was going to quit and start my own coaching business, not knowing what the hell that meant, <laughs> how I was going to do it, if that could even be a success. So at point three, I quit. I started bartending and waiting tables, which is how I helped put myself through college, so I could have my days free to figure out this life coaching thing. And so that, to answer your question, is how I got into this almost 17 years ago and it's been a wild ride ever since
0: but you were fearless i mean i, I at some point I, I, does that come from your parents or you just had that inner confidence because it's hard to go leave the good corporate job and do something that really you know it's kind of kind of unknown That's
1: yeah you know the gift that i have that my mother instilled in me was She always drilled in that I had to listen to the small inner voice inside. And, you know, when I was a child, she taught me about that because as I would walk to school and walk home, she didn't want me talking with strangers. She's like, if you ever are stopped by someone and something inside of you doesn't feel right, you need to run, you need to get out of there, but you always have to trust that little voice. And as I was getting older, she would train me to trust that little voice in making decisions. So by the time that I was an adult or a young adult, When something doesn't feel right to me, Brandon, it's like I have a physical reaction to it. I literally cannot stay someplace when something's not right. I'm also the person who's very direct. I can't lie. My friends love this about me because they're like, if Marie's not happy with you, if she's got something to say to you, if she doesn't like what you're wearing or you ask her for her opinion, she's not going to sugarcoat it. She's going to say exactly how she feels Brother, that's a great quality. Know. My mother
0: my mother would have loved you that's that was a big trait of my mom's. She she didn't mince she didn't mix up her words. She went right right forward.
1: Right. And you could know, right? I'm sure that's one of the things you still loved about your mom, even if what she shared might have stung a little. You always knew exactly where you stood with her.
0: Oh, exactly! No yes. It's a great trait, and it's just a highly conscious, you know. To, to, in order to do that, you need to be watching, listening, to be able to give that kind of feedback or, or that kind of direction. Was it, when you got into the coaching, was there one, was anybody profound that really helped you become the kind of coach you are today?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I consider myself a lifelong learner, and I know that I do not have everything figured out. So I'm on the path just like everyone else. But in terms of influences, Um, You know, I started off training at Coach University, which at the time was the first and only life coach training institute kind of out there, and I'm so grateful for them because not only did they introduce me to the technology of coaching and and how to ask good questions and how to trust your intuition and to really listen and be compassionate, but they also emphasized the importance of not just being a great coach and having the craft down, but also that if you want to be uh, sustainable you have to be a good business person as well. So you've had to learn about how to market your coaching practice and how to really run the business of coaching, which is a completely different skill set. But in terms of other influences, one of my favorite mentors, and I, I'm so glad that I get to connect with him, uh, not every day, but but certainly a few times a year, is Tony Robbins. Um, I've always loved Tony. I, yep. He's one of the people who I just feel has got such a big heart and put so much into his work and what he does. And I remember having gone to see him when I was probably about 17 or 18, when he was doing one of his Unleash the Power Withins in like New Jersey, because that's where I'm from. And just sitting in the stadium. Walking on the coals. Yes. And just being in awe of this guy who had so much certainty about how he could help people. And also I could feel his heart. And, you know, doing what I do now, I've had uh, the great, privilege of being able to experience lots of different people and many who are so talented at what they do. But for whatever reason, Tony's kind of yeah. rawness and frankness really aligns with I could who see, I
0: am. I can see a little of that in you, though. When I watch you, now it was a great interview you had done with him. I love that the last interview you did with him for his, when he was uh, promoting his new book. But I was watching yeah. Tony when he was you know, interviewing, and the first to do this, everybody thought he was crazy when he was doing these info commercials with France Arketon yeah. 40 years ago, 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. But I would sit there and watch. I was like, man, this is interesting. But I never would tell my friends because they think that was kind of weird and crazy, you know, if I'd be watching that. But he was the first guy to sit down for a half hour and talk about inspiration, motivation. He is such a pioneer. And I just love all the money he gives to charity. But I see a lot of that in you, you know, the directness and also the ability to go and really, I feel like, go a little further than the comfort level would normally take you to get to maybe a place where maybe you can do some real, real help, be a real, real help. So well, I, that's I a great that teacher.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, just to make it ultra clear, which I know i said this before, but I I feel on the path just like with everyone else, you know, I once I learn something and once I find a distinction or see something that works, It's so exciting to me to be able to at least share it, you know, and not sharing it that it'll work for everyone. But, hey, if you find something awesome and it can create results, why not give it to other people and let them experiment and see what they can do with it? So uh, for me, it's really fun. And I feel like, you know, you're never going to stop growing if you're interested in living this life at a level where you're passionate, you're caring for other people, you're challenging yourself to continue to grow. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have breakthroughs. You know, it's a really exciting adventure. And so why not live it full out?
0: Now, we've had John Gray. We've done some pods. Matter of fact, John Gray came here for a pod and we end up spending 14 hours, took him to his first Yankee game at some day. And actually, I have to tell you, it did improve my my relationship with my wife. He gave me some amazing tips. But I see, you know, one of your books, you know, Make Every Man Want You or Make Yours Want You More. Not to get too far into that, but what was the premise of that? Why that book? And can you give me a couple of tips of why somebody, if you're a, we have a lot of male listeners, um, why would you want to buy that book? What were a couple of tips? Who's that book for?
1: Yeah, so that was actually a book that um, started off as an ebook, and it was an experiment, to be really honest with you. It was me in the beginning stages of, of learning how to grow my coaching practice, and the assignment one of my teachers gave to me was like, hey, what is one of the topics that always comes up on your coaching calls with your clients and who are most of your clients? At that time, the majority of my clients were women. And one of the biggest topics was always their romantic relationship. And it was a big area of my life, too. At that time, I was actually engaged to be married, not to the person I'm with now. My partner now, Josh, we've been together 14 years. But, we're, again, we're taking this way back. So that book is, ironically, less about relationships and more about spirituality being present and dismantling some of the limiting beliefs and habits that all of us can have that prevent us from engaging with partners, work, ourselves at a level where you're your most alive, you're your most free from the past. Because one of the things, Brennan, that really transformed my life when I was beginning as a coach was understanding the value of being in the present moment, of training yourself to let go of past limitations and to really focus your attention and your energy on what's happening here and now. As a person with a very active mind, it was the one thing that allowed me to stop overthinking my life, beating myself up, feeling like I should be further ahead by now. And it gave me a vehicle for really leveraging my talent and engaging in my life in such a way where I started getting results. And so the book, while it sounds like it's a sassy little number to help women have more successful relationships, what it helps them do is really unwire some of the behavior patterns and beliefs that keep them from engaging in love at the highest level.
0: So if you're a woman, I'm just curious, but if you're a woman out there and you are struggling maybe to find relationships, even though you meet guys, but you just have trouble getting relationships kickstarted, is that a good book for you to read?
1: Yes, because it's not only very inspiring and practical in terms of the tips that it will give you, but it's also very fun, and you'll laugh out loud. Yeah. One of the things that's uh, you know, inherent to me, we were talking about our content that we create, and you're like, how, you know, where do some of those insights come from? I have a very strange, quirky sense of humor, and one of the things I learned early on is if I tried to hide that in my business, if I tried to just keep that for my personal life or for people that know me, I was actually limiting my creativity. So I think in terms of the book, yes. Yeah. Uh, while it's a sassy title and I probably wouldn't have written a book like that now you know you learn a lot in almost 20 years yeah uh, it is really good it's in 16 languages and people read it and they absolutely love it
0: now I love I'm not a big dancer but I love the way you start every program off with some dancing and I'm not gonna lie I love that the outfits I mean where do you get because I'm, I'm, I'm in a home with my daughter, and my, between my daughter and my wife, because I always yes. thought they were a little crazy. But then when I watch you, I'm like, I'm feeling more normal because these guys have are amazing taste in clothing, which I love that. And I always tell my wife, go you know buy everything you want to buy. I love it. But when I watch you, I'm like, man, I've never, I mean, and it's always a, a lot of energy the way you dress. Where do you get that from?
1: Yeah. So, well, actually, this is a good little behind-the-scenes insight. For me, once we started doing our show, Marie TV, and I realized, oh, this thing isn't going away, and we want the show to grow bigger and bigger. For me, my focus stays completely on the content, you know, whether it's what guests am I going to interview or what are we going to talk about this week or how am I going to answer this question? And I realized that the more time I spent on content, the less time I could really spend on how everything looks. So someone who came through one of my coaching programs uh, back in the day was an incredible stylist. And I called her up and I said, Hey. Can you help me? Because if we're going to shoot anywhere from, you know, eight to 12 episodes over two days, there ain't no way in hell that I want to pick out every single one of my outfits and do all the writing and do all the producing. So Elsa Isaac, who's an incredible woman, she is my stylist. So she helps me pull everything together. And, um, you know, over the years, she's gotten to know what I like and what I don't like. So we have kind of a shorthand now, but she's the one that really helps me pull together my looks and makes it uh, easy for me to focus on what's important, which is the
0: content. Well, she's done a great job. I love the dancing, too, at the beginning because it just kind of makes everything kind of feel real to me. You know, um, I, I like that. kind of sets the tone because, um, you know, listen, when I, when I usually catch you on a Sunday morning. I, I wake up about 5 in the morning. I usually get about a few hours of inspiration, motivation. I stop popping around the Internet. Then I work my way into Super Soul Sunday at around 11. But I love... I just love the way you you start your programs off. It's just very energized. That's why it's a must, you know, if everybody's listening, it's really a must watch, you know, to get signed up for Marie's, uh, not only the the, the web channel, but even on our website, just getting the the blogs and the the emails and that sort of thing. Um, Question, sports. Yeah, yeah. You have a, a partner, like, are you a sports fan? Or is he, are you getting to sporting events? How do you deal with that balance of that?
1: Yeah, so, okay, yes, I do have a partner, but I will tell you I'm probably going to disappoint you here because we are not the most enormous sports fans in the world. Um, I have been to my share of Yankee games, and I love my Yankee games. It's not as regular of a part of my life. Um, Josh is an actor and also a creator, so uh, we tend to kind of go off in these creative adventures. Like just this past weekend, we were in the desert in Joshua's Uh, tree in California and we were bouldering. So we kind of go on these physical adventures with each other, but I appreciate sports and I know it's huge in your life. And uh, you know, it's been a a huge part of your, your entire legacy.
0: The B school. Yeah. I mean, I I was mentioning before we got, before we started, you know, I have a good friend of mine, Steve Stein, who has been taping uh, some of the best motivational speakers. He says your B school is second to none and completely rewired and, and refired him. Uh, That's a program that you sign up for. What's so good about the B-School and who is that B-School for?
1: Yeah, so B-School is an incredible program for aspiring or established entrepreneurs who really want to up their game online. It's really for anyone who's like, you know what? I love my business or I want to start a business, but they're looking at the online landscape and all the things that they could do and all the different tools and the strategies and they just feel overwhelmed and they need a plan and guidance and some strategy to follow through to take their dream to the next level, B-School, that's who it's for. Aspiring and established entrepreneurs who really want to increase their impact, they want to increase their income, and ideally do it with less stress. They want to focus on what their ideal business is and have the tools to bring it to life, plus the community and the support so they don't fall off the wagon. Uh, the reason it's so good, quite frankly, Brennan, is because We're relentless. You know, this is our eighth year that we've done the program. We only open it up one time a year because we pour so much attention and energy into it. And at this point, we've had nearly 40,000 graduates from 119 countries and six continents. So we're so proud of the fact that we have a huge, diverse, global audience of changemakers. And, you know, they can be single moms. They can be people who are running multi-million dollar companies. It doesn't matter, but it's people who want to make a difference through their business. So yes, of course they want to make more money. That's inherent in every business owner, but they don't just want to make more money because they want better shoes. They really want to make a positive impact in the world through their products and their services. And ideally um, in giving back as well.
0: Got a couple more things and I'll let you go. But if you're 25 years old, let's roll back to that for a second. Marie, if you're 25 years old, Give me like a couple bits of advice. You know, you just graduated college. I'm just going to go back to your, you know, post-Seton Hall days and you're down on Wall Street. But now knowing what you know, what do you tell the 25-year-old? What's your best advice and tips for some of the younger people listening?
1: What I would say is to allow yourself to explore all of the different things that you're interested in. One of the things that really stopped me up was I was holding on to an old paradigm that said you very quickly have to specialize. You need to choose one thing, and you need to do it well, and you need to start, and then maybe in 10 or 20 years you're going to get great at it. What I often call myself, Brandon, is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I used to feel broken because I had so many different interests, but the moment that I gave myself permission to say, hey, I may not be going as fast as people in the corporate world, but I'm going to pursue my passion for hip-hop, for example, which I did for several years. I'm going to pursue my passion for personal development and for business and for marketing and for the digital world. And yeah, I may not make as much money right now. I'll keep a roof over my head. I made a lot more mac and cheese than perhaps I want to, but at least I'm going to explore the things that are interesting to me so that at some point in a year or two or three or five, I can find a point of convergence. And I think that for young people, it is really important to just Find a way, if you don't know who you're supposed to be yet or the work that you're meant to do in this world, to find a way to, yeah, earn money doing whatever you need to do, whether it's service-based jobs or a nine-to-five job, but also in that downtime, don't just party. Don't just drink your face off or do whatever you're going to do. Pursue other passions. Work on the weekends. Work at night. Try all the different things out because now is the time in your life that you should do it and don't worry so much about making the big bucks early there's more than enough time for that as you advance in age but when you're in your early 20s that is the time to explore all of your passion
0: i love that thank you for that answer i kind of need to bottle that up that's a great answer a couple of hit and run questions just because i'm curious i know you've hung with some of these people and uh, i'm big fans I follow, I follow them as well um just a little bit you know a couple couple just a couple sentences of like what these people really are about and what you kind of got from them after doing a pod or a video pod or Seth Godin
1: oh my goodness even better in person than he is from his written work so I had time with Seth on actually Necker Island, on Richard Branson's island. We were both mentors for a company called Shopify, which is a fantastic platform. My and platform. Seth and I were not only ziplining together, but we were having a swim in the middle of the ocean. And he is just so incredibly um, encouraging and bright and warm and fun. Uh, not that you don't get that from his writing, but again, he's like 10 times better in person and his writing is phenomenal.
0: I tell you, I love Seth. He's also I'm a Westchester guy. Every now and then, I you know I see him from afar, but I follow his blog. And he's one of the few guys who sends two or three blogs a day, but uh, he's always amazing, right? He, he so really amazing. cranks out so many unique ideas. Tell me about your Oprah. What, what was the Oprah experience like? You know, up close and personal, off camera. What did you get from her?
1: She. Again, it's one of the warmest, most genuine down-to-earth people. So uh, I had the gift of being on Super Soul Sunday, but then I also spoke. She had something called Super Soul Sessions, which is almost like a day of spiritual TED Talks. And my talk was called Everything is outable. It's online. I think it's awesome. And I remember when we got off stage, she ran. she gave me a big hug, and she's like, girl, you can tell a story. And she gave me this huge high five. Uh-huh. And then later in the evening... There was a really fun celebratory dinner um, after that particular event. And one of the things I loved about Oprah is that she brought out this super fine tequila. And, you know, anyone who wanted to could take a tequila shot. And I'm actually a woman who happens to love tequila. So it was so much fun doing tequila shots. So that
0: must have been, you know, I I met Brendan Bouchard a few months ago at a conference. uh, We do this mastermind with Harvey McKay. And he must have been at that dinner. Was he at that dinner too? Brendan Burchard? No,
1: but yeah, Brendan's a friend of mine. He actually, well, this just gives you a little bit of insight into Oprah. She is an amazing human being. And when there is kind of a celebratory event, that is her celebratory drink of Okay. Life. So, yeah.
0: He's so, another he's, amazing he's guy. Fun. What's your thought on Brendan? He, he's kind of a little similar to you in some respects.
1: Yeah, Brendan and I are actually close friends. I adore Brendan. We've known each other for years. Brendan is probably one of the most productive people um that i've ever met he's super fun super generous and just a really smart guy again i've, I've known brendan for a really long time and so it's kind of fun now that we're all yeah. we've been in this world for a while and we start to have memories with people that i adore brendan
0: well thank you so much for your time i mean it's so much to talk about marie Folio. I, I just can't believe what you've built and i i know your I story like you. I mean, I, I just, I'm like a builder. I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I love what you've built. I, I, as soon as I caught you, I went back and said, like, how how'd she do this? And I'm like, wow, I saw the pieces. I see what you've put together piece by piece. And it's just so authentic. authentic. And it's just good, good, good work. And I hope you don't change. I hope uh, you keep well, doing that. You
1: know, I, I will change only because all of us change, but I won't change the core of what we do. Like, my DNA is my DNA. We're just always looking for ways to help more people. And to really give people the tools that they need to create their dreams. And for me, one of the things that's most exciting about the world that we live in right now is you can really design a life that is exciting to you. You know, not everyone wants to build a multi million or a billion dollar company. You know, for some people, their idea of the most exciting life is to completely simplify and go to the middle of the woods and, you know, just have nothing but perhaps their family and their dog. And for other people, they want to dominate the world. And all of that is cool. So for me, what we're we're always trying to do in our work is give people the tools that they need to live a life that's true to their heart and their gifts. And so they can make the difference they were born to make.
0: Is there something next? Closing on this note, what's next for you? Is there another book or is there something really special? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So for me, um, well, we're, we're about to start writing and producing our next season of Marie TV, and that's always a very fun time. But yes, there is a book on the horizon. And right now, um, I'm getting ready to kind of put the final touches on our proposal. So if anyone is interested, if you come over you know, to MarieForleo.com and you sign up, you'll be sure to know about it the moment that we kind of close that deal and, and get it out into the world. But yes, yeah, we're working on a book right now.
0: Mariefolio.com is a must anyway if you're listening just because you're going to get, you know, different emails and different, you know, newsletters and different stuff that's always inspirational. You're never going to get, you know, you get so many emails these days, you just can't wait to delete it. And yours is one always I, I keep in my inbox when I have time later on that I can actually read. So uh, if you're listening out there, I would go to I go to Marie's website, just register because that's valuable. You can't go wrong. Good
1: stuff. Oh, thank you. And I will say this. There's um, something that is really, really useful. So we have a free audio training, and it's called How to Get Anything You Want. Three principles to give people the confidence and the clarity to create their dreams on their terms, you know, what really is important to them. And so it's an audio MP3. It's completely free. So if you do go to MarieForleo.com, the moment you sign up, you can download that. You can have it on your phone. And a lot of people have told us that just that audio alone has helped them dismantle some of the excuses they were telling themselves and got them back on track, motivated and inspired.
0: Well thank you, you multi-passionate entrepreneur. You love that (laughs) word by the way. I'm stealing that by the way. I mean there's no question. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'm definitely taking that away from you. Uh, I'm gonna have to borrow that for a little bit. But thank you for your time. Really really enjoyed it. Was looking forward to this because, you know, I haven't followed you for the last couple of years and now you're part of my, my my diet every day. So keep up the good work, oh. and uh, hopefully I'll see you. Maybe I can get you out to a Yankee game. Love to take you, show you around the Bronx. Yes. And uh, you know, I know you I know you, and your partner, not the biggest sports fans, but we can convert you. We can get you a little more into it.
1: Oh, we're open to it. We're always open to a good time. And like I said, I absolutely appreciate sports and all the fun and the competitiveness and just the greatness that comes out of human nature when people are playing you know, they're into it. And it's it's fun and it's exciting to watch. So thank you for the honor of this and for being on your show. I really, really appreciate it.
0: All right, have a great day. Thank you. Talk to you
1: soon. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.